0: life. I'm your host, Mark Turcotte, I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, I'm recording this a little bit later here on Wednesday morning, September 2nd, 2020. I was up late last night recording a uh, kind of trip down memory lane with Guardian Radio for the Destiny Unfiltered podcast. So if you did miss that... Uh, you can go find it over on their Twitch channel, uh, it's uh, twitch.tv slash destinyunfiltered, where the I in unfiltered is a one. Uh, I will have links to that very soon, um, not today, but in tomorrow's show notes, I'll have links to that, the video on demand, as well as to the podcast version of that episode. So if you were a Guardian Radio fan, and you've been kind of wondering where Guardian Radio is and you want to take that trip back down memory lane, uh, you can join myself and Dub. And uh, the host, Ryan, of Destiny and Filters, we kind of went through just the history of Guardian Radio. It was a lot of fun actually going back and kind of going through all that. I mean, we ended up talking, I think, for like an hour, 40 minutes. I mean, we were shooting for an hour, and we just, of course, as always, when you get Kate up and I together, we're just going to talk a lot. So uh, if you're interested in that, I would definitely check it out. And even if you've never listened to Guardian Radio and you kind of want that whole history of what that previous podcast was all about, that I did, that'll definitely uh, shed some light on that for you. But we have some good stuff to talk about here today, as always. But before we do, don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at MarkTurk. That's M A R K T U R C. And of course, you can shoot me an email, the EnthusedLife at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. But last episode we did, it was right off the, well, right before I was getting ready to go into the WWE Thunderdome. And uh, we did, we, we got in. Uh, so I'm, I just kind of want to tell you the process of this, because I'm sure it's very similar if you're trying to get into like the NBA games. I know the NBA is doing something very similar, um, but this was kind of uh, us given the chance to become the virtual fans for WWE's Monday Night Raw this past Monday, and they give you a call time, so our call time was 10 o'clock, and you basically have to hit this link, and they tell you the link only works once, but it doesn't. So if you if you do one of these things, just keep hitting that link over and over. I only had to hit it about three times before it finally brought me in. Um, asked for, you know, needs access to my camera, needs access to my microphone, even though the microphone wasn't on. And then you basically log into this website and I could see what people are seeing on TV. And in the bottom left corner, I could see my camera so I could see what I was looking like. And there was like a producer that was saying, Make sure you're saying in the frame. You know, he wasn't just talking to me, but kind of talking to everyone, just saying, "Hey, make sure you're visible within the frame." They kind of want you from the waist up, and um, you know, every once in a while, like someone would come out and he would be like, "Show us how you feel about you know uh, uh, Seth Rollins," and they want everybody giving the thumbs down or whatever it was, and kind of directing you on what to do. And the only issue that we really had was because uh, we all got in, my whole family, we all got in uh, at some point, was that the stream itself was very grainy, like you you couldn't really, I don't know, it just it was like almost running at like 480 if not even less than that, like it was atrocious. Uh, every once in a while it would clean up a little bit, maybe to a, a maybe reasonable 720 and then just blah, right back down to terrible. Although, you know, of course my image looked great because I was pulling it right from my camera in that moment. But we had the TV going as well, and of course the TV stream is perfect. I think part of that was maybe just because they're literally uploading that stream to so many people. It's probably using a different process, obviously, than what they use um, for the television stream. So it was just that was kind of weird. And then like when they go to commercial on TV, the screen that we would be watching would go black, and then it would quickly come back to the in arena in arena match. So you could see what was going on in the match during the commercial, but the announcers weren't talking. So it was just kind of just this silent, you know, the grunting, the Ugh, uh, kind of like what you had back when before they even had the crowd noise back with WWE. Um, I did get on; we were able to pick me out. I had a red shirt on. I made sure I kind of did that. Um, so the one picture we got that was that's decent that you can kind of tell is me was the wrestler Keith Lee. It's just uh, he was pushing somebody in the corner, so it's a big picture of his butt. And my head is like <laughs> two two fans above his butt. So you could see me near Keith Lee's butt. Um, so that was kind of funny. But we couldn't find anybody else. I mean, they were in there. But it's like there is a lot of people. And, um, you know, just depending on how they pan the crowd. They did, I thought, that they were going to kind of swap out the people you see in front row. Because from watching it, we thought that's what they've been doing. But they don't. So the whole time we were on, like the same people were in the front row. Uh, we were there, we're pretty much for that full last hour. I got in the quickest and then my wife and kids took them a few minutes. so um, we were all in for at least a good 50 minutes um, into the stream, but it was cool it's, you know what it's honestly not something I would really do again. Um, you know, unless you get up there in front row, which I'm sure there's people who want to try to get that and have their screen be one of those ones you see in every single shot um but hey we did it it's cool we can say we were there but it's actually better just to watch it um i think on tv number one just because the quality of the stream is is better you know you're, you're gonna get that i mean maybe it was just a fluke that night um but hey, we were part of the WWE Thunderdome, so I'm glad at least we can say we <laughs> got to have some fun during this pandemic and got to you know do something different and be a part of WWE history, if you want to say, which is kind of neat. I mean, the, the idea that we're able to do things like this that producers are thinking outside the box for these television shows. I mean, the NBA doing it. It's it's really neat that we're get, people are being able to um, just experiment with all these things. I, I love it. It's really, really neat. And, and hopefully, when things do come down and we get fans back, we may still see something similar to it. I think it would be cool if you bring in your in-arena fans, but you also maybe have still a video wall for fans to try to get in there. I think that would be kind of neat, like maybe behind the announcers in this case, uh, or even maybe in the NBA, have it behind like, uh, you know, the, the actual uh, nets, that would be cool. So every time a shot goes up, you have a screen of some people there. Would be neat, I think, if they were able to find a way uh, to do something like that to keep people involved because this is, uh, it's pretty cool. It's neat. Uh, let's see, we did, uh, of course, have the release, the early release of Marvel's Avengers. So I did jump in, got to play about an hour and a half, two hours, get into the story. I will say, anybody who was skeptical about the story for this video game, Calm any fear you ever had. The story is first and foremost in the campaign. From everything that I'm seeing, it looks to be like a 20 to 25 hour campaign. And Kamala is exactly what you want her to be. She is just, oh God, she's awesome. Like she is the mega Marvel fan and the opening sequence is great. Um, and then that leads you into the next mission where it's her kind of getting caught up within AIM, kind of trying to hack into their servers and figure out what's going on and what happened to the Avengers. It is it is fan. Fantastic! It's awesome. So you know, it kind of had me thinking, like seeing reports because it was, it was interesting seeing all these people now suddenly on Twitter coming out of nowhere and like trying to hide. Like, what if I told you the campaign was really good and I'm really enjoying it? Like I saw like Paul Tassi and uh, Destin Legary from IGN, these people who were somewhat critical of it. Although Paul Tassi's been somewhat positive because I think he could kind of see what was coming with the game. But like people saying, you know, like uh, having to hide behind like maybe this game really is kind of good. Yeah, like people jumped the gun. The beta was the multiplayer beta. It wasn't the campaign. Sure, you had some little campaign missions within that. Um, but, you know, we're getting this campaign. And it had me thinking, like, if this game, let's say, if I don't know exactly how long the campaign is, but from all reports, it seems to be a 20 to 25-hour story-driven campaign. If that's all this game was and there was no multiplayer, would people be looking at it differently? And I and reason I bring that up is, like, let's look at Jedi Fallen Order. Twenty to twenty-five hour story-driven campaign, no multiplayer, and people loved it. Not everybody, of course. There were some people who didn't, but it really was overall pretty well positively received for just being the standalone game. This game has that. Did they do that? And, and believe me, this is this is hypothetically saying because this is not me. This is me, you know, just kind of throwing this out there, but. Is it Did they do themselves a disservice by putting in the multiplayer? And then that brought along all the expectations from the looter shooter crowd who then looked at it and said, nope, cash grab garbage and have just been dragging this thing through the mud for months now. It's just a weird scenario. It's like, what do you want? Like, do you want that story driven thing? You get that in this game. Plus the added bonus of having this multiplayer thing so so you can continue to play the game. I haven't touched Jedi Fallen Order since I finished the campaign. Right. I mean, I bought it digitally, of course, but like in the end, that could have maybe been a game I could have just bought the physical version, played through the campaign, and then just traded it away or sold it because it was like, well, you know, I'm not going to really go back to that. Someday I may. I mean, I'm a Star Wars fan, so of course I wouldn't do that, but. From another gamer standpoint, that may have been a worthwhile thing, where in this case, it's like, no, this game, you're going to be able to go back to it, and that's even more prevalent, and we had uh, the launch launch day war table, which is kind of like their big streams that they do. We got a couple things thrown in there. We learned that operations are kind of the story drop content they're going to put out there for characters, and everyone thought Hawkeye was going to be that first character coming. No, it's actually going to be Kate Bishop. Which I think is great. It's gonna be his wife that's coming in, or you know, his girlfriend that's coming in, which I think is great. Having Kate Bishop come in before Hawkeye, number one, is awesome. And when they get into it to show you, like the story bits of her, is she shows up and they, they're trying to get Hawkeye back. And that's her missions. Her missions are going to be going out to find Hawkeye. We get a little trailer where it look it appears that he's working with Aim. And all that's going to be free. That's why this game has some sort of microtransaction, so they can continue to deliver that stuff down the line. Obviously, you know, I know the argument that people would say is this stuff was already made right now because there have been no microtransactions. But in the end, to have a full year's worth of content and beyond. I mean, they're, they're promising years worth of content. It's got to be funded somehow. And that's how this is going to be funded through those challenge premium challenge cards and via the the microtransactions I'm fine with that if they're going to continue delivering this on the story it's awesome um, that that table also went in to kind of show the uh, uh, kind of daily and weekly rituals that are going to be in the game which just very much reminded me of destiny there's going to be weekend content um, there's going to be these these things that you can run only one time and get certain loot from, kind of sounds like raids, right? So if you're a Destiny fan, a looter shooter fan, it really looks like Crystal Dynamics looked at those games and said, what is it about those games that keeps people coming back? And they're trying to put that into this game. I mean, there's even going to be like a, it's not really a social space, because I don't think you're going to go in there and be able to see other players, but it is a, kind of like we have the Chimera, which is the ship, there is going to be another one of those places for the Avengers. And, and, and looking forward, you can only see there being more, beyond right with with this game being out i, I just i'm and, and again i'm sorry to keep talking about avengers but i'm just kind of blown away that we're living in this world where a game like this is going to exist and yet so many people are negative against it have we not even really played it yet um so i don't know get out there play some avengers i'm i'm loving the story so far and actually kind of looking forward to this podcast ending so i can go continue in that story because the interesting bit is right from the get-go you don't even have to touch the campaign you can go right into the uh, avengers assemble which is the um uh, basically, the multiplayer—you're building up your character stats and all that. But when you click on that now, it says, "Hey, you can go in there, but we recommend you complete the campaign because there will be story spoilers. But it's up to you. So I want to play that story. I, I know I'm—I'm I'm not going to say it's going to put me behind in the Avengers because assemble. Because I am going to definitely take my time with this game. I'm enjoying everything about it so far. Um, but um, I want to get through that campaign. Got to get through that campaign. I think it's going to be going to be great. Um, and some other techie news, we had, uh, the official reveal from Nvidia of their new 30 series graphics cards. Now I know some of you may not be the big PC people out there, but this is a game changer when it comes to video cards. I'm not going to go too in depth with any of this stuff other than really what all you need to know is right now the 2080 Ti is like the standard of the best video card on the market. Um, the way that this thing is going to roll and what these cards are going to do, you're going to be able to get the 20, or I'm sorry, the 30 70, which is double the power of the 2080 TI for like $400 less. That's insane. So, you know, the idea that they're coming out with a card that is going to be potentially double what the best is right now for just 500 bucks is insane. So, you know, right there, you, you can look at it like if you have a PC and an Xbox and you were thinking of getting a Series X, I mean, we're all guessing probably 500 bucks for the Series X, just get a new video card, you're gonna be able to play all those Xbox games like that. That is just nuts. I mean, NVIDIA has just completely dropped the hammer. I mean, they've done something that they never really do is is really competitively price these cards, even though they're usually always competing with themselves. I mean, obviously they compete with AMD, who is kind of their, their main competitor on the PC side, but the idea that they're making these very affordable is a very, very interesting thing. I mean, I I'm guessing a lot of this has to do with number one technology, just getting cheaper, but also with the idea that so many more people are playing PC games, myself included. I mean, you guys know that if you listen to the show, I've really drifted over to the PC uh, to play a lot of my games Um, on the PC side of things. And so that's super exciting. Like, I'm obviously still going to get a PS5. You know, we kind of went through that last week. I, you know, kind of came into a nice little bonus. So I'm I'm planning on getting that, and really, it's only to play those exclusive games. Um, And in the end, my graphics card within the next year or so, I'm sure, is going to be. I mean, it is already a little bit outdated. I can still play games pretty much on high for most things. Um, But pretty soon, especially when all these new titles start coming out with that ray tracing and everything kind of in there, I am going to start being a little bit behind because my card cannot do any of that. But I start looking out two years from now maybe three, I mean, I'll probably, probably more two upgrading to something like this might be worthwhile for me. And again, that just makes the series X that much less of a, uh, an appealing thing to me because with all those Microsoft first party games, I'll be able to play them on that on my, on my PC. So I don't know, like if you were a, someone who maybe had an interest in PC gaming, but had never made the jump. And then you see something like this, does that entice you? Let me know. I would love to know someone out there. Uh, you know, Hit us on Twitter or hit me up at Twitter at MarkTurk, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C, or email me, theenthuselife at gmail.com. Does a $500 PC card. Now, it's not like you're going to spend $500 and immediately be able to have a PC. No, you, I mean, you have to get your power source. You got to get your motherboard. There are other things you would need to buy. But you could probably, for a decent price, I'm going to say 1000 bucks maybe, if not even cheaper than that, get something that's going to be able to use that card and run relatively well, and then future-proof yourself, plus then expand you out to all the Microsoft library, basically, as well as all the Steam library, all the Epic Games library, you know, you you just get so many more options. Would that be something that you may now be second-guessing yourself when it comes to the Series X? I would love to know. I mean, I know a lot of people, the the idea of a console is just the convenience. I mean, that really is a selling point. You never have to think about it. Um, The way this card though, and the power of this card is though, You're not really going to have to think about it. If you build your system right, you're just not going to have to do it. And again, you know, that's you building it. I mean, you could probably spend a little bit more, get somebody to build it for you, which very soon I may be talking about a little somebody here on the show who could help you do that um, and build that. So a little on that, you know, in a future episodes. But um, I think that's something that, uh, you know, might be enticing for me. Uh, You know, thinking out loud, it really would be like, hey, just go ahead and get the PC, hold off on the Series X. Sony supposedly has mentioned potentially starting to bring some of their games to the PC. I mean, what happens if that happens suddenly if they commit like Microsoft to start bringing their first party games and we suddenly start seeing day and date releases of PlayStation games? What does that do? You know, I I don't know. So hit me up on Twitter, at MarkTurk, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C, or email me, theenthuselife at gmail.com. Would love to know your thoughts on potentially making that jump to PC if we can get a card like this that's a little bit more budgeted priced, but you're getting those top-notch graphics that everybody wants. And again, that's the 2070, or I'm sorry, the 3070 compared to the 2080. I mean, they announced a 3080. And even a 3090, which is even more power that brings in just all kinds of even crazier graphics. So, that's man, NVIDIA just bringing it now. Those cards are expensive. I mean, one of them's like 1500 bucks. So, if you wanna, <laughs> you can go all in if you want, but I'm telling you that this 3070 is, is a crazy deal. I mean, with that, you could even be doing, you know, Oculus, you could be doing VR, all that stuff. Um, which is uh, pretty crazy. But let's shift gears away from tech and video games and get into a series that was announced uh, with a trailer. I didn't even know the series was coming out. Chances are it probably was for people that are into um, this series and, and big fans of this. Uh, but it was announced Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous was revealed to be coming to Netflix on September 18th. It is a CGI show about a group of teenagers heading to uh, Jurassic Park to what N- N- Nubular. I think is the name of the island where it is. They go there, and uh, it's kind of like a, a summer camp where they go, and the uh, the way the trailer kind of shows it, it's almost like this uh, promotional video of, like, we're going to go rock climbing, and we're going to go zip lining. and every time the person's saying that, it's things going wrong because, come on, it's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic World. Everything goes wrong when people go to these parks, which has me wondering who in their right mind in the Jurassic World world decided it would be smart to bring a bunch of teenagers to go on adventure in at island Nebula. like what are we doing here folks what what in the right world did this ever seem like it was going to be a logical thing because anytime in any of these movies they always think they have everything under control and life always finds a way and it always falls apart So (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious to see, like, really, we're going here now. But I will be honest, um, I've talked about it before here on the show. Jurassic Park and Jurassic World always have a a soft spot spot in my heart. Uh, As a child, the Jurassic Park movies were just incredible. I remember when the first one came out and just being completely amazed. I think I actually saw it three times in theaters as a kid, like, begging my parents. Uh, We went the first time. I think I went with a friend the second time and then begging my parents again, please, can we go another time? And I brought a friend with me to see it again. Like, I just loved it got the VHS tape the, like the day it came out and just watched that thing on loop over and over like it just made my imagination run so the idea that they've kept this series going and and really I really enjoyed Jurassic World I thought it was a great reboot to kind of modernize it and bring it to a whole new generation and I love that we're seeing it really expand I mean we're seeing even Lego sets and all of that like I think it's really striking a chord with kids and it's got to be a seller because it wouldn't be, you know, they wouldn't be making this small series if it really wasn't uh, or even continuing on with, with more films. Um, My kids, I mean, we went and saw it, you know, when they were little uh, Jurassic world, they were, I mean, they were old enough to watch it. Um, But uh, I remember my daughter crying in the theater when whatever the the dinosaur in Jurassic world is gets let loose. And then they, the kids kind of come across that field and they see all the dead dinosaurs. And my daughter was bawling like, Oh my God, all the dinosaurs are dead. And I was like, I don't. I don't know if now's the time to tell her about the giant asteroid that killed every single dinosaur and made them go <laughs> extinct. We we held off on learning about that for a little while. Um, but uh, so yeah, so this is something we're gonna watch. I mean, I, I'm. I think it's kind of cool. It's being a, an animated series. At first, I was like, really, they're doing a live action series. But no, it is animated. Uh, looks like it is gonna be kind of for that PG crowd. So I don't see any real blood or death in this. Uh, in this, because I'm sure that would traumatize many many children. But. Steven Spielberg is an executive producer, so he is involved, of course, in it, which is great. Um, And uh, I think this will definitely be a fun show that we'll watch as a family. It's uh, eight episodes, six or eight episodes. It's gonna be, um, looks like it's gonna be pretty neat. Go check out the trailer. I think it'll be something fun, especially if you got kids. I think it'll be a fun fun little adventure to watch, and who knows, if you got younger kids, you're probably gonna be jumping into the toys, because I guarantee you, with not only the Lego toys that are out there, and the toys for the movies, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a whole run of toys for this series specifically, because I'm sure everybody's gonna have their favorite kid. I mean, my kids love uh, Nickelodeon. There's a, a show, Camp. Uh, I can't think of one. Or Bunked. The show is called, and it's all the kids from that show. Jesse. Uh, when the the girl who was Jesse on that show left, and here I'm getting deep into some Nickelodeon shows. I know some of you probably don't watch those, um, but those kids went on to create like a a camp, a summer camp show, and so they kind of love that idea. So kind of mixing that with. Jurassic World I think is a neat concept that I think is gonna hit very well uh, with a lot of kids so all right, guys Well, let's wrap it up there Uh, again. Let me know your thoughts on that video card I would love to know if the idea of having these kind of budgeted price cards that are super powerful Is that something that may stray you away from getting a new console and jumping in to the PC side? Especially if you were thinking about getting an Xbox because hey, you're gonna be able to play any of those basically uh you know uh, exclusive games on that pc and not have to invest in the series x so let me know i would love to know your thoughts uh but for that don't forget you can always follow me on twitter at mark turk m-a-r-k-t-u-r-c and of course you can email me the enthused at gmail.com so until tomorrow everybody have a great day and we'll catch you next time